Good morning, everyone. I am so glad to have everyone here this morning at Crestview Baptist Church. We are thankful to have you with us. If you're here for the first time, or if you're here and you have never filled out a visitor card, we would love to have you fill out a visitor card so we could have information about you and get, get to know you a little better. Um, that's completely up to you, though. I do have quite a few announcements uh, coming into service this morning. Like I say every week, I'm excited. Things have, are moving very quickly back to normal in the country around us, and especially here at church. And so uh, I'm going to start with the first one is uh, next week. Do not forget it is our homecoming service. We will also be having a baptism next week I'm excited about. I told a young lady this morning she needed to practice learning holding her breath this week. And she said, why? How long are you going to hold me under? And I said, you know, but uh, we, are, we are excited about that. And it's also communion. And then after all that and our homecoming service is over, we will be having a meal to follow. So uh, bring uh, some goodies to share if you can. And join us afterwards in the fellowship hall as we celebrate our homecoming. Um, also, I'm supposed to announce that after that homecoming meal next week, that the finance committee will meet. So if you're on that, uh, you should know you're on that. Um, so they're going to meet right after the meal at homecoming next week. And I think Jim said he'll get you home by 9, 10 o'clock that night. So um, you get him about that time, right? About 9, 10 o'clock? Yeah, sure, by then. Um, as far as the youth and the kids, we have a lot of things coming on, going on this month. And they're popping up quick. Do... Um, the first thing I have is um, I was contacted this week by um, Stephen Hogg with Hands On Missions, and uh, we helped him uh, a little last year do some community um, outreach events, and he's asked um, if we can help do one coming up on June 17th, at, and we are going to be partnering with them and several other churches. It's going to take place at Eastside Baptist Church from uh, 4:30 to 6 that evening, and they're going to do ice cream. They're going to do ice cream, and we are going to work on some creative ways to share the gospel and some Bible stories with kids in the community who may not have the opportunity to hear the gospel elsewhere. Um, and that being said, that's on the 19th. That's on a Thursday evening, um, the 14th which is that Monday before, uh, we are going to meet up here at the church at 4. The youth, uh, older kids, anyone who wants to go and help out, adults are welcome to join us. Uh, more adults on hand is always welcome. Uh, if anybody wants to come and help volunteer and help wrangle teenagers, that's always fun. We're going to go uh, meet up with these other churches at Eastside, and we are going to canvas the communities around the church and invite people in to the event on Thursday. That way we can be sure that our um, opportunity to share the gospel is well, uh, well used. Speaking of sharing the gospel, we have Vacation Bible School coming up June 27th through the 30th. This is a very important time for our 
uh, children and our and our uh, older kids ministry in the church because um, we have a lot of people come in who this is the the vacation Bible school may be the only time they get to hear the gospel message so that is June the twenty seventh through the thirtieth um, I have been asked if you want to if you would like to donate toward the meals because we will provide meals each night for the kids and the workers if you would like to donate toward the meals or go out and buy um, Mandy's looking for things like chicken nuggets and stuff like that um, if you would like to donate toward that you can see me you can see Robbie shoot me a message um, I'll make sure it gets to the right place um, June the 19th it is two weeks before Bible school starts. Uh, we are going to meet at the church. The youth will, and the, and the older kids, once again, we are going to meet at the church at 10 o'clock. And we are going to start canvassing the neighborhoods around here, inviting people to Bible school, inviting people to come out and send, spend each evening with us. So um, I'll remind you again about that next week. So those are coming up very, very close by. The only other things is just our typical uh, stuff we've got going on. We have our Wednesday night Bible studies. Um, if you're not joining us for that, we would love to have you out for that, for the youth and the kids and for the adult Bible studies here in the sanctuary. Um, and Thursday night, uh, we're having a work day again, I'm assuming, right? Meet up here at the church at 6 o'clock. Uh, there's different things going on around here and uh, working on different things. So that's also a good time to come and hang out and fellowship with uh, members of the church and member and other people in the community. Uh, I don't think there's anything else as far as announcements. I just invite you to turn your hearts and turn your mind toward God and focus on Him this morning as we get ourselves ready to worship. Good morning. We have had a uh, interesting morning so far here at the church. But you know something? God allows things to happen for a reason. And our job is to take those times that God allows to happen and allowed God to work through them. Because he, sometimes he wants to see if we're going to be faithful or not. So I encourage you this morning that you turn your hearts to God. Let His Spirit move. And be obedient to what He's trying to tell you today. Continue to remember those that have lost loved ones over the last little bit. The Murray family. The Elliott family. Continue to pray for the Carroll family. And pray for our teachers that will be starting summer school tomorrow very different than they've done in the past. It is very stressful for them. It's going to be very stressful for families. And continue to pray for our leaders.
as they, let me just say this. People have different ways of looking at things. But from my viewpoint, our country's not doing too great right now. And some of our leaders have a personal agenda that they're trying to push. And it's the citizens that are having to suffer. When you see businesses shutting down or changing hours because they can't get workers to work, we have a problem in our country. When you see people fighting just because of different viewpoints, we have a problem in our country. When you see people being canceled because they say something you don't agree with, we have a problem in our country. And church, I'm going to tell you something. Our leaders can't fix it. We can't fix it. The only thing that is going to fix it is if we turn our hearts to God, we get on our knees and ask for forgiveness and ask Him to lead us in the right direction. God and Jesus Christ is the only thing that's going to fix our problems. And as His church, we need to take a stand and we need to do exactly that. We need to take a stand by getting on our knees and praying for our leaders. Praying for God's guidance. And we need to pray for ourselves that we will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to to take a stand and stand on Scripture. And that we will be obedient to His commands. So as we go into this time together, I ask that you prepare your hearts and you prepare your minds and we join together in prayer to begin our time of worship together. And let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you turning everything over to you. Dear Lord, you are the maker of heavens and earth. You are the creator of all things. John tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that everything that is made was made by Him. Dear Lord, You tell us in Your Word that Jesus Christ was with us at the very beginning. He was with You and took part in creation. And dear Lord, even though we are selfish people and that we sin, you tell us that you came not so that we can have the same old sinful life, but you came and died on the cross that we may have a new life, a different life. Dear Lord, you also say that we are a peculiar people, a chosen priesthood. Dear Lord, I pray right now that your spirit gives us the strength to live our life that way.
that we live a peculiar life, that we live as a chosen people, that we live like Jesus Christ died for us. Not because we're better than anybody else, dear Lord. Because we want people asking a question of what makes us different. And then we can answer, it's only the love of Jesus Christ that makes the difference. Give us those opportunities, dear Lord, to answer why we are different. And dear Lord, I ask you that you be with these families that I've mentioned that have lost loved ones. You be with those that can't be here today, dear Lord. As we enter these summer months, dear Lord, we know that families take vacations. That this is the time the kids are out of school and that families are doing things. Dear Lord, I pray that you keep them safe. Dear Lord, I pray that as we reach through the internet with our services, that lives will be touched there. And dear Lord, I pray that as those that have gathered here together in your name, that we will truly focus on you this morning. That what happened earlier, what is going to happen later, will not be distractions. But just for this short time, we will fully and wholly focus on You and listen to Your Word. We will listen to the songs that are sung today, dear Lord, that we will not do things just out of habit or repetition, but we will honestly think and dwell and meditate on the words that are being sung. Dear Lord, there are those that are sick, those that are hurting, those that are making decisions that will impact their lives. I pray that You guide us through all of those. And dear Lord, above all, I pray that lives will be changed today. That those that are lost will be found. That they will be obedient to your calling and accept you as their Savior. Dear Lord, speak through me today as I bring the message. Be with Sandra and the choir as they lead us in worship this morning. Be with Chad as he leads the children today that we will all point people to you. And may you receive all the honor and glory for everything this morning. And it's in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we gather together and we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we turn our hymnals to page 142 and sing our call to worship, There is a Fountain, 142.
stuff I like. Is that okay? Yeah. No, why not? Oh my goodness. Well, did you know, did you know that God's Word is the same way? We're, if we're not careful, in a little bit, in a little bit, in a little bit, if we're not careful, 
And some people do this anyway. They can take God's word and they can start picking it apart. And they start taking all the stuff they don't like out of God's word and they bag it up and they put it to the side. Because God's word is good, right? But some of those things in there, like, do you like being told that you're a sinner? Is that a good thing to do to be told that you're a sinner? I mean, I know that I am, but I don't like being told that I'm a sinner, right? Because I like to think that I'm pretty good. But guess what? I'm not good. So I take it. So, so some people take out things like, hey, we don't want to be sinners. We're not sinners. Or, and we take all this good mushy stuff over here. And this is all filled with God's love and God's blessings, and, which is good stuff, which is part of God's word. But I'm going to leave the rest of it out. Is that okay? No. No, why not? Because every bit of God's Word is important, right? Now, this is not the most healthy cereal in the world. But there are some things in here that are, that are pretty good for you. It has some vitamins D and some calcium and some iron and some uh, let's see, vitamin A and C and uh, whatever riboflavin is. I'm sure that's probably not good for you. But some of those other things are good for you, right? A little bit. But if I took out all the good stuff, do you think it's still... If I took out all the bad stuff, do you think it's still going to be just as good for me? No. No, it's not going to be just as good for you. I like Raisin Bran. Take out Raisin Bran and pick all the raisins and eat all the raisins and just push the bran to the side. <laughs> right? Guys, okay, stop, 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 stop. So here's what's important, and we're going to talk about when we go out to the children's church is that God's Word is completely put together for us for a reason. And we can't take out parts we don't like and push them to the side. Because if we do that, we're not getting everything that God's Word, God's Word has to share for us. And that's not just for kids, that's for everybody. Because like Artie said, to, talking about things going on, people are trying to do that. And they try to take out the stuff that they don't like about God's Word. And only leave the ooey gooey gushy stuff in there, which is good, but there's stuff in there that God wants us to hear. So I want you guys, I want to challenge you guys, I want to challenge you guys to not just only focus on the parts of the Bible that you like, to focus on God's Word as a whole. That way we're sure we get all the good nutrients and we're fed the way we're supposed to be, okay? But well, we're going to talk about it more when we go out to children's church. I'm going to pray, and Miss Faith's going to meet us at the back door. Oh, okay, Miss Faith's not going to meet us at the back door. Let's bow our heads. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus Christ dying for our sins. Lord, thank you for your word. And help us to remember to take every bit of your word, not just the parts we like. All this we ask in your name. Amen. Wait a minute, is he?
Trying to get situated here with this microphone. It is on, right, guys? Thank you, choir, for that. Um, today, I'm going to share a message a danger to avoid. Over the last several months, been preaching about messages about how the church needs to stand strong and how we need to be obedient and, and following the commands of Christ. Well, I need to warn you about a danger that is there that if we're not keep careful, we can fall into. So if you would take your Bibles and you turn to Galatians chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 6 through 10. And as Paul writes this letter to the church in Galatia, it starts off a little bit different than his other letters to other churches has started. So if you'd please stand, if you don't have your Bibles, it will be on the screen as well as online. So if you'd please stand as I read this, Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 through 10. And it says this, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some of you who are disturbing, or some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even though we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so I say now again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you have received, let him be accursed. For I am now seeking the favor of men or of God, or I am striving to please men if I were still try, striving to preach please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So let us pray. Blessed Lord, thank you so much for what you share with us through the writings of Paul. May we apply it and understand it today so that we can avoid the dangers that are there. We ask all of this in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now, when you first read this, you may say, well, that's what you preached about before, about us churches and pastors watering down the gospel and saying you don't have to accept Christ, that as long as you believe something, it's the same. That's not what Paul is talking about here. Okay, this danger of another gospel, is it, it's not a watered-down gospel. So let's take a look again at this, at what it says here in, in verses 6 and 7. I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. 
which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. You see, what was being distorted here, what was being done here, is actually legalism. And you might say, well, what is legalism? Legalism says a person must follow a set of laws or rules in addition to accepting the grace of Christ to be saved. And this is a a real danger. The more we strive to be obedient to Christ, and the more we want to be transformed, we want to force that on other people. Such as, I have actually been told face to face by somebody that I was not saved because I didn't speak in tongues. It wasn't enough for me to accept the fact that Christ died for me, ask for forgiveness, and accept Him as my personal Savior and Lord. I wasn't saved because I did not speak in tongues. That's legalism. I've also been told that I've had to have my hair cut a certain way. I had to wear certain clothes. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. And be a Christian. That's legalism. You see, in this point, Paul is dealing with this group of people that came into the church and said, accepting Christ is not enough. You still have to obey the law of Moses. They were called Judaizers. Jews that had, been, had become Christians, but they had an issue with the Gentiles. And they believed that they had to first become Jews or practice Judaism to be able to be fully saved. And in fact, we see that the first account of that is in Acts. Acts chapter 15, verse 1. Luke writes this, he says, Some men came down from Judea or Judea and began teaching the brethren, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. These were people that accepted Christ as their Savior, that understood the grace, but it wasn't enough, so they wanted to. These people had grown up in the law under the law of Moses. They had had practiced obeying the law and all the requirements of obeying the law. And they wanted to take that and apply it to salvation. So they were telling these men that they truly weren't saved because they had not yet been circumcised. Well, Paul had an issue with that. The disciples, the apostles had an issue with that. But here's something that I want you to understand. Okay? Expecting disciples of Christ or disciples of Jesus to be obedient to his commands is not legalism. See, we live in a time and age where this is a fine edge that we are having to walk. Because people see the freedom of Christ meaning something that it does not mean. People take the freedom of Christ, which is literally the freedom from sin. We are no longer controlled by sin. And we are free 
through Jesus Christ to be obedient to Him. And we are no longer slaves to sin. But they contort that and distort it and they take it to say that freedom in Christ means that we can do whatever we want to do. That's nothing new. Paul dealt with this in the, in the New Testament times. You see, he wrote this verse or this, in this letter. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he writes some of the best words. He says, God forbid. Basically, what he was saying was, church, you're crazy. It's not the way it works, is what Paul was saying. We don't sin more to get more grace. But the, the people that distort what it means about the freedom of Christ, they say it's okay to do whatever you want because you're covered in grace. Therefore, your sin doesn't matter anymore. Well, here's the issue. Jesus Christ died on the cross for those sins. And when we get to heaven, we're going to have to answer for those sins. And I, Christ is going to look at us and He says, didn't you accept me for your Savior and get washed clean from your sin by my blood? Then why in the world would you get clean and then go back and get all dirty again? I've used it this way. I've said it this way. You know, we raised the steer in our backyard. So our backyard was full of cow pies. I didn't have to get down there and roll around in those cow pies to know that it stunk and it wasn't good for me. I saw them so I could avoid them. But sometimes we think that the freedom of Christ means that we can get down there and roll around in that mess as much as we want to and get covered head to toe in it and still be clean. It's not what the Bible teaches. And we can't expect, we can't call legalism expecting Christians to be obedient to the commands of Christ. And in fact, in the Gospels, Jesus continually says this, by this, they will know that you are my disciples. By this, they, they will know that you love me. By obeying my commands. By loving one another. Oh, here's a good one that, that people have an issue with. That they will know that you are my disciples by the fruit that you bear. What we do will prove to people that we are his disciples. So expecting people to be obedient to Christ, to follow through on His commands, is not legalism. The expectation of following man-made rules that we need in order to function as a church is not legalism. Some people say, well, legalism... Is, is the adherence to man-made rules. No. Anytime you get a group of people together, you have to, to have some sort of rules to govern ourselves by. We here, we have two different documents that the church has approved and voted on and we use to guide us in our decisions and our daily functions. That is... 
our uh, bylaws, and that is our policies and procedures. Those are man-made law rules that we use to govern ourselves. That following those is not being legalistic because none of those say that you have to do this to be saved. Those say that as a church, we agree to function according to these rules. Doesn't have anything to do with salvation. But some people think that, we can't, that following man-made rules is legalism. And so they want to throw it all out. But here, legalism at its heart at the very center of legalism is a heart of pride. You see, what legalism does, what the legalist does, somebody that wants to, to mandate that you follow a set of rules in order to be saved, what, they want, what they're doing is they're making themselves feel good by following these rules and then judging others because they don't. You know, I was actually told when I was in college, I was with some friends and, and then, then a guy that was on our hall. Um, he was a professional student. At that time, I think he was 40-something years old and still living in the dorm, never had a full-time job, nothing like that. We were talking about karate. And I said, you know, I wouldn't mind taking some karate classes. And he proceeded to tell me that God had told him that karate was wrong. I'm like, okay. But where could I go to take some karate? And he got mad at me. He got furious at me. In fact, to the point where he never spoke to me again. And he said, I just got through telling you that God told me karate was wrong. And I looked at him and said, so you're telling me that God told you I can't do karate? He said, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I said, that's funny because God's not told me anything like that. That's legalism. When you follow the rule, the, the set of rules that makes you think that you're so holy and so good, and then the, the people that don't adhere to that are horrible. That is a real danger in our church because it keeps us from being obedient to Christ. It keeps us, understand what I'm saying, church. When we set ourselves up so high that we are the end-all, be-all, that there, you have to be just like us and do exactly like we do to, to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. It keeps us from loving people. It keeps us from sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it makes us think more highly of ourselves than we should. Because think about this. What are we really? Everybody in this room, what are we? We're sinners saved by grace. There is nobody better than anybody else. We all have struggles. We all have difficulties. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your size. It does not matter if your parents were founding members of any church. 
It doesn't matter that if your name has been on the roll since you were in the cradle. None of that matters. Because when you go to the, to the gates of heaven and Jesus says to you, why should I let you in? There is only one answer that's going to allow you into those gates. And that is I have been washed in the blood and I have been saved by grace. And at that point, Jesus is going to look at you and he's going to say, welcome home, my child. None of the other stuff is going to matter because it's not going to get you there. And here's the big thing. This is the problem with legalism. This is the problem Paul had with it. This is the problem that I had with it. And legalism says Jesus Christ is not enough. Do you guys see the problem with this? Telling somebody they have to have their hair cut a certain way to be a Christian. Or they have to dress a certain way to be a Christian. Or they have to do some other thing to, to be saved other than accepting the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ who died on the cross. Anything you add to it is saying that Jesus is not enough. And let me ask you this question. All the rituals in the world from here all through history, all the rituals, all the sacrifices that were made, did that save us? There was only one. The sacrifice Jesus Christ made on the cross him alone. You say, well, what about all the people in the Old Testament? Does that mean that they're all going to they all died and are going to hell? No. Because they had faith. And in fact, in Hebrews it says that Abraham's faith made him righteous. They were looking forward to the promised Messiah. They were looking forward to the promise that God gave Abraham that through him the whole world would be saved. They were looking forward to that. Now we get, look, get back to look back at that moment that Jesus Christ laid himself down. That he died for us. We get to look back to that point. But legalism says that's not enough. But here's what I have to tell you. And this is what we have to remember about this danger. Is that salvation is by grace alone. You see, Paul also writes to the church at Ephesus and he tells him this. Tells the church this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says this For by grace you have been saved through faith, 
and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. See that, that he, he, Paul's dealing with pride here. If it was something that we could do, then we could say, look what I did. I did. I saved myself. But Paul's saying, listen, it's by grace, through faith. It's a gift from God. It is not of works. You can't earn this. You can't do it yourself. Why? So that nobody could boast. You remember the story of Gideon? And how God kept willing down Gideon's army? And he got him down to where he only had 300 men against a, a whole thousands and thousands of soldiers that covered it said they looked like uh, grasshoppers covering a field and God even told Gideon why he did that you remember what he said he says I want the people to say when they hear that your little bitty army totally wiped out this huge army I want them to know that God did it. I did it. I don't want you to get the credit for it. That's what salvation is. We can't take credit for our salvation because we didn't do anything. Legalism says I can take credit for it because I adhere to all these rules. And I expect everybody else to follow these rules. That's not what salvation is. Salvation is not earned by keeping standards and rules. We obey His commands because we love our Savior. Look at what Jesus says in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commands. See, we don't do things to be saved. We do things because we are saved. We do things as a result of our salvation. Not to earn it. And then our salvation, our salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. John 14, 6, Jesus says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. You see, church, we are commanded to make disciples. We're commanded to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are commanded that we teach them to obey everything that Christ commanded us. But it is not my job. It is not your job to change anybody. It is not our job to transform people. Our job is introducing them to Jesus Christ who does the transformation. Our job is to live a life as a disciple committed to Jesus Christ and live out the gospel in front of people. 
you ever notice that as you read the Gospels and Jesus is interacting with people, one of the things, the complaint, the religious people had about Jesus is that he associated with what was considered to be sinners. He went to, in fact, let's face it, Matthew was a tax collector. He was a publican. And he was called as a disciple of Christ. Man, I guarantee you some religious leaders had a flip about that one. But then he goes to their houses. Remember? He's walking along one day. And he looks up in that tree and he sees that little be short guy, Zacchaeus. And you remember the song? I mean, the song straight from Scripture. He says, Zacchaeus, come on down here. I'm going to your house. And we're, going to have, we're going to go eat at your house. What was Zacchaeus? He was a publican. He was a tax collector. Remember when he went to the well in Samaria and talked to the, the, the Samaritan woman? His disciples had a, had a cow about that one. But then Jesus talked to her like no man had ever talked to her before. And she went and told people, come meet this man that has told me everything that I have ever done. Surely he is the Messiah. Remember what he told the woman that was caught in adultery and was thrown out of his feet. And Jesus tells his, her accusers, you know, he, it's, the Bible says he bent down and started drawing in the sand. And he told them the, the one without sin cast the first stone. And they looked up and the people, he said, he said, where are your accusers? She said, they all left. And he says, neither do I judge you. Go and what? Sin no more. Church, our job is to not be so strict and inherent to, to following rules except in obeying the commands of Christ. I will never sit here and tell you that you don't have to obey the commands in Scripture. Because we do. That's the whole thing. When Jesus tells us to do something, we have to do it. When God's Word says that something is right, it's right. When He says something is wrong, it's wrong. What I am telling you is that we cannot forget that our purpose here is to be His witnesses. Our purpose here is to love people. To help them grow. To know Jesus Christ. To help them know and, and, and grow as a Christian. And to understand what it means to be a child of God. We can't expect everybody to do things just like we do. They're not going to. We can't expect people to wear their hair a certain way, dress a certain way, or they're not Christians. We can't expect people to have the same gifts. Listen, the Bible tells us that all gifts are given out 
And they're given out for one purpose. Anybody that accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior has been gifted by the Holy Spirit. And he's been given, they have been given a gift for the edification of the body of Christ. To build up the body. We all don't have the same gifts. Can you imagine if we all had the gift of prophecy or the gift of mercy? I mean, we all had the same gifts. We wouldn't accomplish anything. It takes all the different gifts working together for one body to function properly. But to tell somebody, you have to have this gift or you're not saved, that's nowhere in Scripture. That is legalism. That is a danger that we fall into. It's just as dangerous as, the, as watering down the gospel. Taking things away from the gospel. What we are doing is we're adding things. And both says Jesus is not enough. But I'm going to tell you something. My Jesus. My Jesus was active in creation. My Jesus spent 40 days out in the wilderness being tempted at His lowest part and stood victorious. My Jesus was betrayed by one of His closest friends. He was arrested, beaten, mocked, and nailed to the cross in the entire time allowing it to happen. My Jesus died. My Jesus was buried and had a huge boulder rolled in front of the entrance to the grave. And my Jesus had two guards standing watch over his grave. But my Jesus got up and walked out of that grave. My Jesus ascended into heaven and sits at God's right hand. Now try to tell me that my Jesus is not enough. It is only through Jesus Christ that we can enter into the heaven into God's presence. In Christ alone, my hope is found. Church, we can't add anything to. We can't take anything away. It is Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ that can change us, that can make us whole, Have you fallen in love with Jesus Christ? Do you know Him? This is your opportunity to do 
you that just asked. Listen to what you're being led to do. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I would be more than happy to tell you how to meet Him. Let me introduce you to Him. We're all messed up. We're all broken. There's none of us perfect. But Jesus Christ loves us just where we are. But He loves us too much to leave us where we are. This is your time to respond to what God is telling you to do right now. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 330, Amazing Grace, 330. Exactly 28 years this coming Sunday from when the church had its first meeting as a church. June 13th, 1993. We'll be celebrating homecoming on June 13th, 2021. So please come join us. Remember, we'll be having a, a, a meal afterwards. So please bring food to put into the kitchen and uh, don't forget also that Sunday afternoon, after the meal, right, Jimmy? After the meal, finance committee meeting will take place as well. At this time, I'm going to ask uh, Doug if you would dismiss us in prayers, please, sir. Well, let us pray. Father, we come to you today thinking about dangers. Lord, help us to avoid the dangers. Always be walking with us as we know you always are. And bless the ones here today and look after them and take care of them as they journey on from this place. Keep us safe as you always will. These things I pray in your name. Amen.